The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Please note, the new number is... Ayo Josh, let me, ayo Josh, let me, ayo Josh, let me, ayo Josh, let me get a little bit of reverb. Yeah. J Will. Yeah, I'm about that lifestyle. I talk green work, repping it all over. It's right on the t-shirt. Been for a lifetime. Yeah, that's a long pass. Figure I would show some love right on the podcast. Turn this up loud and make sure you don't do nothing else. Cause if you're listening to us, then you're improving your health. My name is Jay Will. Welcome to the show, yeah. Wrestle, flow, 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 yeah. What is up everybody, welcome to the second episode of Mania to Mania, it is of course Wrestling Reverb as you know it, but Mania to Mania is our new series, if, hey, for any reason that you haven't listened to the first Mania to Mania, go back a few weeks, pause this right now, go back and listen to the first Mania to Mania that I had with JPQ and we focused on Ronda Rousey, you get the kind of flow of how Mania to Mania is going to roll. Kevin is here th- this time. It's his first Mania to Mania. We are keen to get this show on the road. Um, Kev, how are you? We didn't really have an episode last week. Just all on my part, nothing on your part. Just busy time of year, but um, we've had Survivor Series and everything like that. But how are you doing, Kev? I'm good. I'm so excited to finally be here sitting down with you to talk a little Mania to Mania. I loved the first episode. Uh, big thanks to JPQ for stepping into my absence. But you know what? Get the hell out of here, JPQ. This is my seat. <laughs> oh, he'll have, I'm sure JPQ will have something to say about that. He'll be, I'm sure he's listening. Um, but yeah, Mania to Mania, I was kind of like going through my brain and I'm like, okay, Ronda was a first great episode because she just had that stellar year. And then I was like, how do I kind of follow this up? And I'm like, I don't want to just do the the cliche, quote-unquote, big names. Because it's, it would be easy for us to say, hey, not that we wouldn't do this, but it would be easier for, easy for you or me, Kev, to just be like, let's do one on Sean. Let's do one on Steve Austin and The Rock. It's pretty simple. That, that would be a pretty easy structure, and they all have, like, action-packed years, whatever kind of mania you would kind of go towards. But it'd be pretty easy for, for us to do that. But I was like, hey... Who don't we talk about very often? And when I was kind of going through my brain, I'm like, we don't really talk about AJ Lee very often. In in our world and just in the wrestling world in general, um, she's kind of, I kind of been using this term, but she's a bit of an unsung hero of what we're seeing with the women now because she really shaped the way um, for what we see now across the board of wrestling. She was really, she was much more character driven in a time where, the ladies didn't really get a lot of time to develop a character. She was involved in main event storylines. She was involved in in other things. And we'll talk about her year, which I think was probably her peak year from 29 to 30. But um, how do you feel about AJ just before we start talking about the actual timeline? You know, she come in from the original season of NXT and then, you know, started the eventually started the crazy, crazy chick kind of thing with... Punk and Brian and, and Kane, and that was really her like coming out party. And she's really, really a fantastic character. Again, like I said, 
in a time where the women weren't really getting a lot of time to develop a character. She didn't necessarily do the crazy character first, but no. she did it best, in my opinion. I think she was the best iteration of the crazy character. Um, she was so good at it. She was so good on the mic. She was so good in the ring. An unsung hero is the perfect way to put it because she doesn't get the credit that the horsewomen get, that you know, wrestlers of, of this generation get. She was just right before. Opened so, a lot of doors. Opened a lot of doors. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, and having gone back and watched all of her matches in the, at least all of her pay per view matches that were available to me in the time frame we're about to discuss, um, like she was a great worker. She really was. She pulled good matches out of a lot of people. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think she was very, um, you know, those workers that aren't necessarily like, not saying that she wasn't a great work, because I actually think she was, but aren't necessarily like, they do like the most moves. They just, she is the kind of worker that just was very comfortable in the ring and stuck to what she knew and did that very well. She didn't really have to do too much other stuff because she worked her character into her match. She she did what she, she needed to do. She had a cool finish. And that was the kind of, and again, this was right before the women started to get a lot more time this was right before that kind of burst with that. She kind of was here and she was the the person that maybe had the keys to the house to open up this this whole new world. But she, once she opened the door, she kind of was like, well, I'm just here to open it and I'm gone. Um, but she did do a lot in her time. But let's let's get going. Let's start with our first WrestleMania that she was that we're looking at here, and that's WrestleMania 29. And she was a manager. Which is really, really, over this year, we're going to, it's just going to be weird to go from 29 to 30, but WrestleMania 29, she was a manager for Dolph Ziggler and Big E Langston. They took on Team Hell No for the WWE Tag Team Championships. Um, what do you remember about WrestleMania 29 in a whole and about this match? Because sometimes going through all this kind of stuff, I genuinely do forget some of the stuff that happened. But from memory, this was Big E Langston's at the time, uh, first main roster match, I believe. It was, I think, because yeah. he was just serving as, as a manager slash, like, bodyguard yeah. for Ziggler. I think this was the first time we saw him in the ring. But as far as AJ Lee goes, I think this is, like, the... I think this start to, to Mania to Mania is, like, the perfect encapsulation of the whole thing. You just... She was a manager. And Dolph Ziggler's girlfriend, they were dating for maybe three or four months at this point. I remember her turning yeah, on Cena and then aligning with Ziggler. Yeah, she turned on Cena, she aligned with Ziggler after she had turned on everyone else to align <laughs> with Cena. Uh, she did, but she did her job well. She did her job well, she was a good manager. She got Ziggler to a point of relevancy that he, had, he, hadn't, he hadn't quite broken through yet. Mm. And obviously he didn't they didn't win at WrestleMania 29 Ziggler and Langston they lost the team hell no but AJ Lee certainly you know she did her part she made that that duo and he, and Dolph as a whole more watchable yeah especially um Dolph at the time was on the cusp and everyone was like what do we he had the money in the bank going into this mania and it was like we were all ready for Ziggler I remember being very I think if we were talking and podcasting then, I think we'd be talking a lot about Dolph Ziggler because he was just like 
it's it's time for Ziggler. It's time for Ziggler. At that point, we had been waiting a long time. But AJ Lee was there. They didn't get the win. Team Hell No got the win. I don't really remember from. I don't really remember a lot about the match. It was just a tag team title match at Mania. Um, I'm sure it was fine. I didn't what go back and watch this match in particular, but I'm sure it was fine. But we'll talk about what happened on April 8th, 2013, the night after WrestleMania, because Dolph Ziggler did cash in. AJ Lee was there. It was in New Jersey. It was probably, I think it still is, probably my favorite cash-in of a Money in the Bank ever. That whole moment was just, it's almost, it's almost completely indescribable. I don't, I don't, I can't describe that feeling because it was just like one of the loudest crowd reactions I had ever heard. I was watching Raw Live that day. I'm, I'm pretty certain. Um, everything and AJ in that moment, even just in a manager role, made that moment even bigger. But it was just, oh man. What a moment that was, that cash-in. Do you remember that moment? And did you watch that live? What was going through your brain? I watched it live for sure. I remember exactly where I was. I was at my buddy's house. Uh, we had just really... We had watched WrestleMania 29 the night before. And then we, we were at my buddy's house watching Raw. And I think it wasn't like we didn't think it was coming. That wasn't the the draw to it. I think a lot of people knew that Ziggler might cash in, especially after, you know, after the match that Del Rio went through and the ankle injury that he had. But goddamn, was that crowd hot for it? Okay. You don't have to have a a huge. I don't know where surprise to get a crowd hot. If you do the right thing and send the right person out at the right time, the crowd will pop for you. They sent Ziggler, AJ, and Langston out there, and it just felt right. It just felt so important. Like, like I just I mentioned the, the, the ceiling Ziggler was trying to break through. You could almost hear the shattering of the glass as, as Ziggler came down to the ring. Then the actual cash in itself... It wasn't, you know, just a straightforward Ziggler hits the zigzag and wins. Del Rio showed some fight, which I I appreciated. It I made it added a little suspense, like, oh, is he gonna is he gonna screw this cash in up? He didn't, of course. And then that crowd pop on the one, two, three hit. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> AJ was right there for it. And while she didn't, you know, she didn't have to do anything to really sell the moment. You know, she yeah. just had to she had to be there. She had to be in Dolph's corner, and she had to sell her ass off when uh, he won the title, and she just had to, you know, you had to be happy for him. And she did yeah. that. It, she, it was a little thing, but it, it's something that's important. Yeah, um, it's. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure you'd have to be pretty heartless not to feel something in that moment. I don't yeah. care if you were friends with it. Like, it, it wouldn't matter to me. It would just be like, wow, this feeling. I, I mean, I'd pay anything to be in that building at that point. That, that would have been a reaction that I don't think anyone would ever, you couldn't recreate that. It's very organic. Um, but m moving on, uh, this is the first time AJ's actually wrestling was on April 13th, 2013. And it was a battle Royal for the number one contendership to Caitlin's Divas championship. It was only five women in this match, a five woman battle Royal, Tamina, Naomi, Oksana, Layla, and AJ. They're in England. Um, Going back and looking at this match, I actually do remember watching this match, the sandbagging of AJ. AJ did get the win, obviously. They were kind of, for a few like months, teasing... Well, more than a few months. 
over the course of AJ's crazy time, of course, Caitlyn was her best friend from NXT uh, and everything like that. They were just good friends, but AJ was going crazy and they had little moments of AJ kind of going a little crazy on Caitlyn and, and then Caitlyn won the Divas Championship and everything like that. Before we talk about AJ becoming the number one contender, how do you feel about Caitlyn? Because I was always a big Caitlyn fan. I always liked AJ more, but I was always a big Caitlyn fan and I think she was especially at that point, very underrated of what she, how much she actually improved from the season of NXT that she was, that she won. She improved a lot and she had a great little story with Eve Torres. And then going into this story with um, AJ, it was actually something you could sink your teeth into because it was personal. They were friends. They actually had something behind them. But how'd you feel about Caitlyn? I was a Caitlyn fan. I thought she represented something different than what we usually saw from the Divas division back then in early 2013. I think she was, a, you know, she was a powerful woman. She was strong. She was quick and agile. She hit a really nice spear. Yeah, uh, really I, nice I think, spear. and I think that a lot of her allure stems from the fact that she was so different. Yeah, I, I don't know that many. Ka I, I know Caitlyn's someone that also gets lost in the shuffle when it comes to the you know the Divas Revolution and all that. But I think Caitlyn really was a part of the bridge, as well as AJ. I think Caitlyn yeah. really you know took the division and made it into something just a little bit different. Yeah, because she had a different look. She was a little more like um, muscular. I don't mean that in a a bad sense like she she had a little bit of muscle and she wasn't just the cookie cutter like you know that model quote-unquote look that a lot of the, yeah. the the divas had at that at that time but this year this 2013 and beyond was really when we we wouldn't even we didn't even know it but there was small little things that were happening that were going we have something here and I think this storyline is something that I always look back on. And the storyline that Eve and Caitlyn had, although it was on a, a little bit of a lesser scale than this, they had a story. And that's what I was like, okay. Because I feel like over the years of the Divas division, there was little bursts of like a cool little story every now and again, but it wasn't very consistent. Like you had like Beth Phoenix and Kelly Kelly. They had that, that kind of story that went for a little while and then it just kind of fizzled. And then you didn't have anything for a little while. Then you had Eve... And Eve had a lot of heat behind her with the stuff with Cena and everything like that. And then Caitlyn and then and then going into this. So I feel like we were getting little bits and getting little sprinkles here and there. And be like, if you just were a little bit more consistent, because I think there was a lot of talent within the Divas division. They just weren't given a lot of opportunity. I always thought about everyone that kind of says, oh, they were, they were crap back then. They were this. I don't think that was... Not everyone was a great worker. There was some duds in there, like with everything. But I think if they were a little bit more consistent and gave them a little bit more opportunity, I think we could have got something earlier than what we got. Um, I think we eventually would have got to this stage in the end, but I think we could have got there faster. But this was a good story to go with because, like I said, there was actually something behind Caitlyn and AJ. So AJ won. She eliminated Layla to win this. And then for, for, for like a month or so, I don't exactly remember how long, in between, but Caitlyn had like a secret admirer. Do you remember all those yeah. backstage segments where she'd get like a present or like a card and 
Caitlin would have some kind of secret admirer. Did you think from the start, okay, this is probably something to do with AJ here since she was the number one contender and they didn't really have like a, a date set for their match. It was quite a bit of time in between the win of the number one contendership to when she actually got the title match, but which is a good thing because they actually had a story to build here with the secret admirer thing. And as weird as it sounds, it didn't really take a lot of time off the show. And that was the big thing with, with the Divas division back then is that the reason they weren't getting stories is because they were getting three or four minutes of the entire Raw. With, in the exception of AJ, who was getting a little bit more, but she was working with, with, with dudes. So she was getting more time. But this only took, you know, a couple of minutes in a backstage promo to give Caitlyn her, her gift and then going on so it was building a story but you remember all these these backstage segments i remember getting gifts backstage from different things and giant cards and flowers and stuff like that and it actually got to show caitlin a different side of caitlin as well what do you think about all this leading up to what happened i i i had a feeling i remember this is like this was like right when i was getting sort of back into watching wrestling because i took i took a little bit of a break from like 2010 to 2000 and 12-ish. Yeah. So, this is, like, I remember very vividly this storyline. I remember thinking it was, like, kind of kind of cool. I like you know, it, too, yeah. It was a story. Like you, like you said, it was a story. They yeah. had a story. It may have been a little corny, but that's okay. I don't mind corny. Not you know, I don't mind a secret admirer. I was interested to see who it was. I think, I had a feeling that it was, that it was, you know, AJ playing tricks. I didn't, expect Langston's role to be what it was. I thought there would just be like a a reveal where AJ came out and attacked her from behind. I like that they used Langston as a stand-in because Mm -hmm. A, it allowed him to showcase a little bit of personality and B, he's just a funny dude. Yeah, he's got personality and he's not just like a big dude. You know what I mean? A big dude that can beat you up. For for months, he was just that big dude that stood behind Ziggler and AJ. Mm-hmm. And then he's all of a sudden you're like, oh, this guy's got you know he's got some charisma to him. He's got some personality. This really helped his career. Yeah, it's really weird how you look at that, and it's like where Big E is now and where Big E was then, well, Big E Langston back then, I should say. But it did it. It showed that even just a little bit of personality. It showed personality for Caitlyn and AJ got to work where she, I feel like she shines the most, which is with a microphone in her hand. Um, but on June tenth, two thousand thirteen, Big E came out to be Caitlyn's secret admirer. I remember the moment he was holding her like he was going to kiss her, you know, the dip, and then dropped her, and out come AJ. (laughs) Out come AJ, and cut a wonderful promo on her. I remember AJ's promo. I I used to love AJ a lot. I was very much involved with AJ. I was like, everything AJ. Um, And she, I thought she was a very, very good promo. I think everyone thinks that about her now. Even to this day, I think she's still one of the better female talkers maybe ever she cut a very good promo um this segment was really fun and it built towards the the um the payback match that i guess we'll get into but on june 16th 2013 at payback caitlin and aj for the divas championship if you go back and watch this match everyone it is a very it's like it's taken from almost now time and put back in because it's it goes for about 12, 13 minutes, which is a long time back then. It was a very, very good match. I remember loving this match. Going back and watching this, you know, doing my research for this, watching it again. I've watched that match a lot, but 
it holds up now. It's a very, very good match. Um, what do you think about that match? Because at that time, we weren't really getting consistently great Divas matches. They weren't getting the time to do so. Yeah, if you look back at just the pay-per-view beforehand, which was Extreme Rules, the Divas were left off the card completely while Caitlyn was champion. Yeah. So, it really took someone like AJ to provide that spark and get them not only on the card, they got 11 minutes. 10 minutes, 52 seconds to be exact. Yeah. Which is about five to six minutes more than a, your typical Divas match got, even on pay-per-view. Yep. And it was a good match. It was a I watched it today, day of recording. Really good stuff. They had good. They had great chemistry in the ring. Yeah. AJ just she could work with anybody, and yeah. and she's not. You said before she's not like the most. You know she's not flippy. Yeah. She's not gonna bust out like you know she's not gonna bust out like Saito suplexes and stuff. But she's gonna be technically sound. She's gonna use that craziness to her advantage. She's gonna pull hair and throw fists and just be a nut. Yeah. And that's the best way for her to work. And yeah. It, and, it, and it works. It it is so especially well done. Especially Caitlyn is a little bit bigger than her. She can kind of throw her around a bit. There was a counter in that match where AJ went for a crossbody. Caitlyn caught her. And then did like a little like went to like swinger and she got her in the Black Widow and it was beautiful. The crowd, uh, this was Chicago too, so the crowd are pretty unforgiving if something's not very good in Chicago. We know that with everything that's just transpired with Survivor Series, they're a hot crowd. It's a very, it's it's known. Chicago is probably one of the biggest wrestling cities in the states. It is just very hot for wrestling, and you can't really. You can't really fuck up here because they will let you know. <laughs> but I remember at this point, even going back and watching this, um, that counter into the Black Widow, the crowd were on their feet. They were very much ready for AJ to win. But by the end of this yes. match, by the end of this match, they were going for Caitlyn as well. And that's the good sign of a good match because they're cheering for the babyface in a in a very heel-based city. Like, Chicago go for a lot of heels. Um, that's just them. But yeah. there was a spear in this match that the crowd were going nuts for and, and you know the story within that match because again the divas weren't getting a lot of time to tell a story caitlin hesitated off the um the spear for the pin it was just a very good match that kick out that false finish like everyone was on every moment and it built to every moment i thought the match was just really damn good I think more so than Chicago being Chicago is a city that rep, that appreciates good wrestling and they're unforgiving yeah. towards bad wrestling. That's true. That's why this match was so important was that at the beginning of the well, first of all, at the beginning of the match, the crowd popped for AJ and gave Caitlin almost zero reaction. But like you said, at, during the match, they won the they both won the crowd over to the point where they were just cheering. Yeah. They weren't they weren't cheering for anyone in particular. They were cheering the match, which is the best compliment two wrestlers could receive is that their matches their matches received that way yeah there were yeah like you said great counters great chain wrestling great storytelling the 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 hesitation caitlin's hitting the spear and then sort of taunting aj before going for the pin that was picture perfect caitlin yeah. had so much you know built up animosity towards aj with all the secret admirer stuff that it made it only made sense for her to want to rub it in a little bit yeah, but it also it also showed her her maybe her inexperience as a champion. Yeah, that she's not going for the pin right away. And JBL called her out on on commentary. JBL was the only person on commentary that was was actually doing his job during this match. Calling it, he was calling it. He was like, "What are you doing?" Or something. I remember him saying, "Like, what are you doing?" Like, 
cover yeah, her like she the blew match her a kiss and cover she her blew her a kiss like aj blew her a kiss i believe on the raw before yeah she blew her a kiss just because there was continuity between this story and it flowed really nicely it's it's amazing what you can do with anybody in the wrestling world when you give them a little bit of a backstory and this had been building because they'd been friends for a few years so we automatically cared that was a lot of the problem with the with the Divas division because they weren't getting a lot of time. I don't necessarily think it wasn't because it was they weren't quote unquote talented. It was because nobody cared. There was no character development. I am a firm believer that that wrestling, or at least WWE, is ninety percent character, ten percent wrestling. I, I love good wrestling and we get good wrestling a lot. A lot. We get good match after good match after good match after great match. And it's great, and I love it. But I think if you have no character, there's really no reason to care. And I think you're right. I think that character work is so is such an important part of wrestling. And I think some wrestlers overlook that. Even now, even nowadays, um, sometimes you look at wrestling as more of a, you know, the athleticism and the wrestling aspect, which is important. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, of course. But you have to have a, you have to have a character that people are invested in. If you're just out there a generic white meat baby face and you could do flips and do cool moves. I'd be like, cool, people, yeah, w- whatever, move on. Yeah, like, you watch fine. the one, you think, oh, that's cool, but you don't care. No. You know, you can do that every week and you're not going to be like, oh, wow, I really am invested in this person. You need, you need a character to be invested in somebody. Mm-hmm. And both of these women had characters. Yep. And that's why the that's why that Chicago crowd was invested, especially in AJ, because yeah. she had such a fully fleshed out and defined character. Yeah, and she was really the only the only lady that had that at that point, or the only lady that got the chance to do that at that point, I should say. Um, but she did win. Black Widow tap out. The tap even the tap out was really good. The hesitation from Caitlyn to kind of. She didn't just tap out like, oh my god, oh my god. Like, she was like hesitant and slowly tapping out like, yeah, I don't want to do this. Very, very, you know, like, she just like was defeated. She was defeated. She lost. That is the perfect way to she put it. She knew. Match. She lost. And she, yeah, she wasn't tapping out from I the pain she- necessarily, although she was, but yeah. she was tapping out from defeat. She was like, I she- can't hold on. Like, this is just, and it was like the slowest, like, she started tapping on the mat. And then tapped on her arm, like, oh my god, I just lost. And then the Chicago crowd got a little little nasty towards her when she started crying. Layla came out. The crowd were booing a little bit. There's no there's no crying in wrestling, you would say. Um, but that would be the only time Caitlyn really got booed in this match. Because I don't really remember Caitlyn getting booed. Because from the get-go of this match, Caitlyn threw AJ into the announce table, like over onto the chairs over the announce table. And we didn't see that from women at that point. So from the get-go of this match, they were right out of the gate, like, let's go. We are going to make a good match right here. Because they clicked, they were friends, just everything flowed in that match nicely. It was easily the best Divas match I had seen in years. not saying that there weren't good little spurts, but this was just, everything just came together really, really nicely in this match. And I just thought it was great. It really was great, and, and yeah, like you said, they started off so hot with that the announce table spot. Like you just don't see, you just didn't see from women. You yeah. still don't always see it from women. You don't really. But see AJ it, yeah. that like a million bucks going all the way over the table she like that. <laughs> AJ, her selling is next level. Yeah, like she, she is so good in there. She made Caitlyn look like the strongest woman you've ever seen. And that's what a good heel does: makes their baby face look better. Make the baby face shine. That's what, isn't that what a good heel does, in my opinion, anyway. But um, 
just a really good match. But next night on Raw, June 17th, 2013, um, AJ Lee's celebration of winning the Divas Championship is interrupted by Stephanie McMahon. Um, Stephanie basically says um, that what she did to Caitlyn wasn't very, like, women empowering and all that kind of stuff. Before we get to the, 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 the Caitlyn bit, um, I want to talk to you about AJ and Stephanie. A lot of the time throughout the years of AJ's career, this seemed to be a match that people wanted to see, especially in that time before coming out of, I guess you would say, wrestling retirement for Stephanie McMahon. Um, she hadn't wrestled in a long time uh, up until she wrestled Brie Bella, but AJ and Stephanie seemed to be something they would always just do little spots with, and we never really got anything out of it. Would there have been a time within the four or five years that AJ was actually actively wrestling that you would have liked to see AJ versus Stephanie McMahon? Well, yeah, definitely. I think that it would have been a great... I don't know if it would have been for the title. I mean, that would be too... I think that would be too... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Too, uh, like, telegraphed that AJ would win. But I think... It would have been a good match somewhere along the line uh, during 2013 when she was at her eight, when AJ was at her absolute peak. I could have seen it, you know, months down the line. But as for like right now, at this segment, like they did such a good job. Like AJ and Stephanie were always at odds, you know. Even though, even yeah. if they were both like heels, they were always at odds. Like they were never friends. No. They were always at odds, and they're both two very powerful women. Obviously, Stephanie McMahon's powerful. She runs the company. AJ Lee's the champion. You know, they, they always seemed at odds. And that, that was a, that's a money match. That is a money match that I'm sad we never got to see. Yeah. And I think, like, with moments like here, also, um, the Divas Championship, a lot of people have a negative spin on the Divas Championship. It was a butterfly and everything like that. I don't hate the Divas Championship because I think it represented that time. And I think it was a nice we use this word a lot, evolution with the women. And I think it represented that time nicely. However, when I look at the Divas Championship, two people come to mind, Nikki Bella and AJ Lee. They're the two people that I think of with the Divas Championship, um, especially because we're gonna, you're going to hear this throughout this Mania to Mania, is that AJ was the Divas Champion for a very long time, and she kind of ushered in that, that side of... She was really the, a transition from the Divas, to what we see now. Um, we'll talk about it more in a minute. But I really do think of AJ Lee and Nikki Bella when I think of the Divas Championship. But do you hate the Divas Championship as much as the internet hates the Divas Championship? Uh, I was never a big fan of the belt. I just thought it was ugly. I don't care. I mean, I don't necessarily care that it was a butterfly. I just thought the belt... I mean, I guess I did care that it was a butterfly because I thought it was ugly. Mm. I... <laughs> Uh, Sorry to burst your bubble, no, Josh. No, no, I don't. I don't. I, I, I get the, it. I don't I, love the title either. I think it's. I, I think am it's the prettiest. The internet. <laughs> well, um, I, I don't. Uh, I don't. I was just indifferent. It was just like it was just that. Looking back on it now, I can be like, it was just that time. It just represented that era, and that's what yeah. it was. Yeah, I do agree with your assessment of who represents the Divas Championship, and it is those two women. Yeah. 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 Um, but going on to July 12th, 2013, it was an edition of SmackDown. It was the first ever Divas Championship contract signing. Caitlyn and AJ would be meeting at Money in the Bank. Again, a segment that were women, obviously, this is the first ever, were not getting. They were getting a lot of time in this story. I think because of their match that they had at Payback, 
and just people being so invested in AJ and Caitlyn in this rematch. Um, again, doors opening slightly, maybe just pushing them open a little bit so you can just see through. But it was the it was planting seeds for what we see today. First ever women's contract signing doesn't just happen because happens because there's a story invested in this. Yeah, and it was a good and it was a good segment. I, I, yeah. I was able to catch the recap when I was watching Money in the Bank earlier today, and it was a good segment. Like you got good promos from both women. Yeah. So many times you see contract signings be carried by one particular person. This one wasn't, and it felt important. They had all the divas out there. Stephanie McMahon was out there. It just felt important. It felt like the divas championship, maybe for the first time in years, actually mattered, and they were actually putting some time into it. Yeah, I I agree with you completely. Of course, and the ending of a, a contract uh, signing always goes a little bit crazy. Uh, oh, hey, why are you? Caitlin got a nice spear on AJ. I feel like that was a lot of segments with Caitlin and AJ. Um, was Caitlyn spearing AJ pretty much out of her boots, which I'm not mad about because just everything flowed really nicely with this. I, AJ turns into, like, an alien when she gets hit with a spear by Caitlyn, so she sold the crap out of that. And Caitlyn hits a nice spear, so I'm not I'm not mad at seeing that. But July 14th, 2013, Money in the Bank, AJ Lee, Caitlyn, it was a good match, but it was nowhere near the quality of payback. I, I, I liked it. It was a little shorter. I, I liked it. I thought they did a good job differentiating it from Payback. Yeah, it was different. They they did mistake the ending, though. From watching that back, they got the wrong arm. AJ was working yeah, on one did. arm the entire time. I remember, then, thinking, I remember thinking, like, why didn't she hook it in the other way? I mean, it still worked. I mean, it's still a finish. It's still whatever, but... They had like yeah, that's why I wasn't so bothered by it because bad arm or good arm, that that move is still gonna hurt the hell out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I wasn't bothered by that. Like, it, it was noticeable, yeah, but it wasn't like a you know like a deal buster for me. No, but I, I mean, at the time, I don't even think I noticed it. But going back and actually like analyzing something, um, you're like, okay, why did that happen? It was still oh. a fine match, but um, I'm sure I noticed it at the time because I was I a friggin' mark. I was probably like. Oh my mm. god, their work rate is dropping. And... Oh my god, they're not doing enough arm drags and whatever. Um, I need some was... Canadian destroyers in here, man. Clickety clickety clack clack. Oh man, everyone does those now. Um, Biggie and Layla were both out there just for continuity, moral I support. guess. Yeah, moral support. Um, but we'll talk about she retained Black Widow. We moved on. Um, later that night, though. Uh, Ziggler was, def- was, um, AJ caused Ziggler to lose his rematch for the World Heavyweight Championship. She hit Alberto because she was trying to protect him from a further head injury. There was stuff going on with Ziggler with concussions and, and whatever. So it prompted a Yeah, you had, that, you had that great double turn between Ziggler and Del Rio. I believe that was at payback it was, as well. Yeah. That was at payback, yeah. Um, something we didn't really see. the, uh... The beginning of the, you know, you have AJ being a heel, Dolph being a face now. Sort of the beginning of the rift, the oh, beginning yes. of the ascension. Kind of, kind of a face and a heel date. It's, oh, no, no. Um, no, no. But yeah, prompted a DQ, so Ziggler was pretty pissed, as you would be, I guess. You know, I can't stand it when, you know, my girlfriend, you know, causes a DQ. I just hate when that happens, so I can... I like, hate being screwed out of the world title oh, by my girlfriend. That's right. It. It's the worst. Um, so the next night on Raw, 
there was a little, a little tension and uh, wasn't really happy with AJ. Ziggler broke up with AJ. And what happens when uh, you break up with AJ Lee? Oh, she gets you. She gets you good. She might go a little bit. Of, she might go a little bit crazy. You know, she might go a little bit insane. Um, so, you know, leading into we're, we're in the summer at this point, or the the American summer, going into like SummerSlam and stuff like that. Um, you know, I think AJ cost Ziggler like another chance at the World Championship or another match at the World Championship, and then she kind of aligned herself with Big E, taking that away from Ziggler because he was a yeah. face now, so he couldn't have he couldn't have his heavy, couldn't have his protection. So AJ was great with Big E. It was a they just worked nicely together, I think. Um, but on the July twenty sixth edition of SmackDown, AJ Lee gave her state of her mind address. <laughs> Which is really weird just to say out loud. It's like, okay, she's batshit crazy. But again, AJ's promo work is something that we're going to allude to a lot over the next few things that we're going to talk about. But she's just very good. She was very comfortable at talking. And I don't believe in the original season of NXT, she was like that. I don't think she was comfortable with a microphone in her hand. She just really became comfortable because she got opportunities to speak. When you get opportunities yeah. to speak, you you get more comfortable. Practice yeah, makes when you, perfect. Yeah, practice makes perfect. Repetition, repetition, repetition. You could tell in those NXT days that she was a little nervous, that she wasn't, she was more comfortable in the ring than on the microphone. Being, but the microphone is such an important part of wrestling. Same as character work, you have to be able to to talk. And not only did she learn to talk, she became the best talker in the Divas division and one of the best talkers in the whole company. Yeah, especially at that time. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. But um, Ziggler ended up in interrupting the state of her mind address and Caitlyn ended up coming in. And what did she do to AJ? What did Caitlyn do to AJ? Of course, she gave her a spear. Um, again, ain't mad. Ain't mad at all. But Caitlyn and AJ were still in this rivalry. This had been going... There's, there's a lot of depth to this story because it was usually after a couple of months with these... I talked about these like little bursts of stories within the Divas division. They fizzled out within a couple of months. This has been going for three months at this point. Um, on the August 2nd edition of SmackDown, AJ would defend against Caitlyn, uh, and Caitlyn would lose because Layla, Layla. turned Layla turned on Caitlyn. How did you... Let's, let's take a break of talking about AJ for a minute. Layla, all right? She was there for a long time. She was there from 2006 all the way up until 2015. So she was there for nine years. She had Lay Cool. She had, I know you took a little bit of a break in between, but she had Lay Cool in there. And I actually, believe it or not, I don't know if you'll get this, with my love for the Iconics, which who are very similar to Lay Cool. I think they're pretty much a carbon copy of Lay Cool in a lot of ways because they're just that kind of like annoying, they never shut up kind of deal. And I love Lay Cool. But how do you feel about Layla's ring work because a lot of i think she's a little bit underappreciated in what she actually she did get she improved a lot over the years she was a dancer in the original ecw in the extreme expose with kelly kelly and oh yeah um and then she kind of by the end of it she was a she was a two-time women's champ i believe maybe three well, i know she held the belt with michelle mccool at one point the and then she held the, and yeah and then she held yeah she held the the women's championship because they had it broken in half and then she held the Divas Championship a little bit later on. But um, oh, okay. 
Layla is someone that doesn't, again, she is one that doesn't really get talked about a lot now. She's not really involved in any of the, like, comebacks or the reunions or anything like that. You don't really hear a hell of a lot from Layla at all. So how do you feel about Layla? Layla is someone that was there for nine years and never made an impact on me once. I'll be honest. I never really, besides the really cool stuff, which retrospectively going back and watching was really good, except maybe the Piggy James stuff was a little eh. Yeah, that was a little bit, uh, it was, I don't even know how to describe it. A little bit in poor taste. Yes. But... Yeah, Layla's someone who never really made who never really uh, made a dent in my psyche. Fair, that's fair. Anyway, we digress. Layla turned on Caitlyn, so AJ retained. Um, but that all it was all leading towards SummerSlam, August uh, August eighteenth, two thousand thirteen. Caitlyn and Dolph Ziggler versus Biggie Langston and AJ in a mixed tag team match. Caitlyn and Ziggler got the win, um, and this was kind of the end of the AJ Caitlyn Ziggler. Lang- it was the end of all of that. Yeah, and it was the perfect way to end it was, you know, you have the highest profile match that Caitlyn and AJ had. Even if it wasn't for the Divas title, it was they're competing with the guys. They were on the main card. They were, you know, they got time and they got showcased in a way that they hadn't been showcased. I think it was the perfect way to wrap up. Plus, SummerSlam's a good time to wrap up feuds. Yeah. I've always felt that way. I've always felt it's more of a feud rapper than a feud starter. Yeah, so, I, I had no problem with the match itself. So the match itself was fine. Uh, obviously, you know, you had, you had Ziggler pinning Langston. I would have liked to see Kate, maybe Caitlin pin AJ get some level of retribution. But, you know, I digress. Good match, fair match, fine match, whatever you want to call it. And then, yeah, AJ mo- was able to move on. This is a good feud, but all good things have to come to an end. They got, like... They got like three months out of it, which is, again, about three months longer than your average Divas feud in that time. Yep, I I agree with you completely because um, August 26, 2013 is a very, very big day in AJ Lee's career. There was the uh, match, a a match between Brie Bella and Natalia, I believe. Um, I didn't actually write it down, but all, all we need to talk about is what happened after that match. The whole cast of the Total Divas were out in the ring. There was a lot of stuff going on with, like, when Total Divas first began, they had a lot of, like, matches happening with what was going on on Total Divas that week. Like, I believe, like, Natalia and Nikki Bella had, like, a match over a painting at one stage. They were trying to incorporate the storylines on Total Divas with the storylines on Raw and SmackDown, and it wasn't really... There was a weird disconnect. Anyway... Yeah. They were having a lot of matches. The Total Divas girls were working with the Total Divas girls, and that was pretty much their bubble. And everyone else was working outside of that. That's why I think AJ and Caitlin, in a weird sense, I know it was very good, but they were able to have a long feud because there wasn't a lot of other women for AJ to work with yet. Because they didn't know how to incorporate the show with with everything because it airs so much later and, and stuff like that. So I think it was a good thing that the Total Divas were just working with the Total Divas at that stage so AJ and Caitlin could have their rivalry. But um, AJ skipped on out and uh, cut a very infamous, they call it the pipe bombshell. I don't know if people want to call it. It was something that some people say it was, wasn't. Some people say it was. I thought it was a very good promo. She spoke a lot of truth. Spoke a lot of what wrestling fans were thinking about Total Divas, but not necessarily the Total Diva fans were thinking about 
the Bellas and Natty and Naomi and whoever else was on that show. But AJ cut a, um, it was a, it was it was very pipe bomb esque, I guess you could say. There was a lot of scathing, a worked shoot, I guess you would say. Um, on the uh, on the cast of Total Divas, the only gripe I have with this, and I like the Bellas, but I wish they would just would have shut the fuck up while she was talking, because there's a lot of screaming by the Bellas, like say it to her. Yeah, like, just let her cut a promo. Just let her cut a promo. I'm not a Bella hater, you know me. I love the Bellas. I think they did a lot of good stuff, but of course, spade a spade here. They should have shut their mouths when this was going on. Nonetheless, still a very good promo and started really what we're going to talk about for the majority now of the rest of this Mania to Mania is that it was AJ versus the Total Divas. Um, This promo at the time, I just remember being enamored. Like, finally, we have something to really, really sink our teeth into here because it was a lot of what wrestling fans were thinking about Total Divas. I don't hate Total Divas. I don't believe I hated it at the time. I thought it was good because it got more eyes on on the females because I was always a fan of the Divas division. I always wanted more. Um, so I think, it was, I think it was a good thing. However, I was a fan of AJ Lee first and foremost. She was the best. And I was like, you're speaking a lot of truth here. How did you feel about this? And what did you think about that promo just in general? This was like the most kayfabe thing for me because I loved Total Divas and AJ did so I, I loved AJ and I loved Total Divas and that was actually really how I got back into into women's wrestling was watching Total Divas and I'm like, oh wow, I get this cool insight into all their lives. I care about these characters now. Yeah. So this turned me on AJ. I was mad. You were getting I knew, worked, I, brother. You were getting worked. I recognize a good promo when I see one, and this was a good promo. But I was like, dude, fuck AJ Lee. I <laughs> yeah. love the Bella Twins. I love Eva Marie. I, oh, I love, love Eva Marie, Natty too. <laughs> and Naomi and jo- JoJo. JoJo. JoJo wrestled like one match. And she was really good. And I was like, what the fuck? JoJo's like doing all this weird, like crazy shit. And then she never wrestled again. I was like, yeah. what the fuck? But yeah, anyway. I'm a big JoJo fan. She was my favorite. Oh, but again, I was, I was right here talking about the Marie guy. Yeah, I was, I was always guy. <clears throat> uh, AJ did such a tremendous job turning me against her the way she was. Hey, she was meant of- to. She was meant to. She was the heel. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. She was meant to turn people away. But what, and she but turned me though- away. I, I got worked. I am proud of it. I love I love when the product were. Oh, I called it the product. Oh, I'm never going to let you live that down. You called it Son of a bitch. I love you when wrestling works me. I love being I love worked. The product works me as well. But Fuck. I think in a lot of people's minds, AJ was the face. Oh, no, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. I, she wasn't lying. And when a, I think a good, I don't know if it's a good heel or a bad heel thing, but I think a good heel is one that's telling the truth. That you can go, mm, fuck, she's right. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's right in a lot of things that she was saying. Yeah, that, and she walked that line where it was like, oh, fuck, she's right, but I still hate her for it. And that's what a good heel is, because you yeah. understand, but you're also like, I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter what you say, I don't like you. That is the perfect, that is what they would have been doing. They would have wanted you, they would have wanted a million yous, Kevin. So then everyone would have booed AJ, would have cheered the cast of Total Divas. It didn't quite go that way, but. It didn't quite work like that, because not everyone's like me, I'm one of a kind. No, that's true. 
Um, but the the next match that we'll talk about is on September 15th, 2013, at Night of Champions. It was a fatal four-way. AJ Lee, Naomi, Natty, and Brie Bella. Um, AJ retained. It was a it was a good little it was a good little four-way. I thought it was fun. Um, it was fun. It was a little. It was, more, it was a match that, that could have gone on a little longer. I agree. Um, I, I really do agree with that. Now, I could have my wires crossed here, Kev, but was this the pay-per-view before AJ would enlist Tamina Snooker, or was it the Raw? Was, it was very close. Tamina was not. Tamina was not present at no. this event. No, it was a little bit after that that she enlisted Tamina, but we'll talk about this Fatal 4-Way. There was some really cool spots within the match, and it got people like Natty, who hadn't really had too much of a chance in the last, in the previous few years to really show too much. Naomi, who was, everyone was talking about Naomi, like she's so athletic, and again, she hadn't really had a chance to really show that. She was a part of like the Funkadactyls, and then they were feuding with the Bellas for a little while, and then Total Divas came around. She wasn't really able to showcase too much of what she could actually do. Um, and then Brie. Brie was really, it's its so weird to say this now, but up until, you know, the run that Nikki Bella had, Brie was showcased as like the quote-unquote worker of the Bellas. She was the one yeah. with the Divas Championship reign. She was the one that was always wrestling. Like she was the one that was really put the focus on because for the longest time, Brie, I, in my opinion, Brie was a better worker than Nikki up until the, you know, the Divas Championship run and the comeback and everything like that. Nikki was better than Brie, but Brie was really positioned as the worker. And she worked well in this match. She had a couple of nice drop kicks. Beautiful. Brie Bella's always done beautiful drop kicks. Well, not always. When she learned how to do them. I think when Brian came around and she actually like focused in on like, I want to get better at wrestling. I know that Brie had a little bit of a, a bit of a disaster run in her last run with some things that happened. A lot of just, she was just, she Call a spade a spade. She was well, a little sloppy. Yeah, she was a little sloppy. But I don't think when people talk about, I think there's a lot of comparisons all the time. Like Nikki was on fire with a lot of things that she was doing. Brie was really good in the ring. She was very good at like drop kicks, and she did what she did, and she did that well. Um, and then everything else happened. But in this case, she did a lot of stuff in this match that I was like, hey, she's she's holding this together really well and again she was positioned as the worker it wasn't really a lot of times that nikki was in these spots over brie no nikki bella wasn't even out there at the time which i thought was kind of strange but uh maybe i'm i'm probably i'm probably forgetting something about something that but happened, yeah yeah but it was good it was a good little match uh, everyone got their chances to shine you had natalia hit the double sharpshooter i believe it was for the first time yeah i, I believe it was too they mentioned it. I know Jerry on commentary said we're the first time we're going to see a double sharpshooter. I learned not to necessarily trust Jerry because no. some, because he forgets things. Also because yeah. his commentary is kind of shitty, but... Wow, boom. I agree. Um, but AJ won. <laughs> AJ won. Um, I'm blanking. Who did she get the win over? Oh, I literally just watched this match. Um, I watched it a couple I, of days ago, but it wasn't... I think it was Naomi. But I could really I, be wrong. I know. It damn was, it! I know it was via submission. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure she. I'm trying to think of which hand I saw tapping because it was via submission. I'm trying to think of which hand. Actually, I, I think it was. Natty. It was Natty. It was Natty. It was Natty. It was Natty. Yeah, it was Natty. Yeah. Um, which doesn't. <laughs> now that I say it, doesn't really surprise me. Um, Natty was always that one, but it was a good. A it was a good match. Yeah, she was a fall taker, but it was a good match, and again. 
progressed the story because AJ was kind of that, she was just that one that was like, fuck you guys. You know what I mean? I'm not on that show because I'm better than you, basically. Um, but a little bit after that, I don't know if it was a direct raw after that or maybe the raw, I didn't have the date written down, but she would get Tamina Snooker as her bodyguard. And that's where we turn the dial, I think, with AJ. I think Tamina and AJ were like a very good pairing because Tamina was just that heavy that just stood there, didn't really say a lot and come in, beat up people that AJ, because AJ was like one of those, she was like, talk to talk and run away. That was AJ's thing, especially against the cast of Total Divas. She'd talk a lot of smack and get out of there. But when she had Tamina, she had backup. She had someone in there to come in and just hit a Samoan drop, hit a super kick, be done. And I thought it was yeah, preparing. it was the perfect wrestling dynamic. It's worked since literally like the 1930s. Yep. And for good reason. You know, you have, you have the talker and you have the, the force. Mm-hmm. You have the, 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 the pint-sized pixie, whatever you want to call it, who could talk a big game but won't back it up because she knows she's got backup. And Tamina at this point was really good at being backup. I know we clown Tamina, but like she, she, she filled this role perfectly. She didn't yes. have to wrestle necessarily. She no. just had to be there. It was very Sean Diesel. It was very. It just. It just. It just worked really well. So I thought that was really nice. It came into effect really April sixth. Uh, April sixth, October sixth, two thousand thirteen, at Battleground, two thousand thirteen, which is notoriously known for being a horrid show. If you actually go back and watch Battleground two thousand thirteen, it sucked. It was not very good. I didn't watch the whole show. Obviously, oh, I, I just watched AJ's match, and I I thought it was fine. Yeah, this match was fine. Her and Brie um, had Tamina kind of there and and everything like that. AJ retained. Um, yeah, a roll up. Yeah, a roll up. Not a Black Widow. This was one of the first times that she hadn't won with a Black Widow on pay per view in a bit. Yeah, and that makes Brie Bella seem strong. Like, oh, she needed to roll her up to win. She also needed the outside interference because Tamina jumped Nikki Bella and distracted Brie, and then that's how she got the roll up. Yeah. Um. I, I, yeah, the match was fine. It wasn't anything special. But again, Brie was in that spot where she was... A, she, her and AJ worked really well together, I thought. I thought they clicked quite nicely. Yeah, th- th- that's what I'm saying. Like, we, as, you, as we continue to go down the list and we look back at the list... AJ worked well with just about everybody. She worked good matches with everyone she she encountered uh, on her reign. Yeah. Um, and they would have a rematch on October 27th at Hell in a Cell. Again, AJ would win. Um, I, I remember a lot at this point, you know, you'd see um, they weren't, like WWE weren't sure of if they put the title on, on a cast member of Total Divas, how it would translate towards the show because it airs so much later after filming. Did you really take any in, in did you take that into account at all? Did you believe that at all? That they weren't gonna put the title on a cast member because of the filming of the show? I believe it's quite the opposite. I believe that they were undoubtedly gonna put the belt on a member of Total Divas because of the show. Okay. Obviously, I know there's a delay. I didn't think they would give a shit about that. I thought they would just say, like, oh well, you know, we'll 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 put the title on them, they'll hold it for a while, and then by the time TV, by the time the TV episodes roll around, they would still have the belt, I thought. Yeah. So, for AJ to run through the entire, basically the entire cast and retain yeah. the belt is unbelievable. Yeah, um, I don't really, I did, this was the one match that, out of the list that I didn't go back and watch, was the Hell in a Cell rematch. Did you go back and watch this match? Yeah, it was, again, fine. fine. It was fine. It was, there's, there isn't a bad match in the bunch. No. Ah, well, that's not true, we'll get there. <laughs> 
let's just uh, hold our horses on that one. But we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. Um, so from this point, from Hell in a Cell to obviously Survivor Series, one thing that always really happened with the ladies at Survivor Series would they would get the traditional Survivor Series match. I, I noticed that throughout the years, if you just go back through Survivor Series, the ladies would always get that, especially in the Divas era, I should say. Um, there was always like a three-on-three three, traditional Survivor Series match or a four-on-four, five-on-five. Um, we go on to November 24th, 2013. There was a seven-on-seven seven traditional Survivor Series match. Now, back then, we were thinking, oh, seven-on-seven, seven, that's a lot. But we just got through a 15-person Survivor Series match, so um, we can hold our horses on that. But um, Team True Divas, it was the team of AJ Lee, Caitlin, Tamina, Summer Rae, Alicia Fox, Oksana, and Rosa Mendez uh, versus Team Total Divas, Brie Bella, Nikki Bella, Natalia. Naomi, Cameron, Jojo, and Eva Marie. Now, before we talk about the actual match, on paper, when you see all those names, who stands out? Uh, Eva Marie. <laughs> I mean, even at, I mean, Eva wasn't a great worker ever, but even at, at that point, she was not good. Um, Jojo had a good little showing in this match. Um, weirdly enough, she did some stuff that I didn't know that Jojo could do. Um, what do you think ever happened with Jojo? I know she went on to ring announcing and, and whatever, but do you just think it wasn't for her? Do you just think something was like... She, may, she may have just had a change of heart. You know, she yeah. may have taken to ring announcing and realized it's a safer path. You're still with the company. You're still working in wrestling. So I, I believe she loves the business. Mm -hmm. I just believe wrestling wasn't for her, which sucks because I think she had great... But she was only like 18 years old. She yeah. had such potential. Yeah. She, yeah, potential would be the word. Um, now, there was a lot of bodies in this match, and what I noticed most about this seven-on-seven -seven match is that they were just getting eliminated. They were dropping like flies. It was like... Oh, which, is, which, unfortunately, is how they often book these women's Survivor Series matches. Mm -hmm. Especially with they that have... many women in it. There was yeah, women it, in this it, match. There were 14 women in this match, and I think the match went for, like, six minutes. It wasn't long. Um, it wasn't long. Well, it it, it was... should have been longer. I don't want to say it was... I don't think it was bad. I just think it was rushed. I didn't think it was great, but I think it was because it was rushed. Yeah. Um, now, True Divas versus Total Divas. When you look at the group of women that were with AJ, Caitlin, Tamina, Summer Rae, Alicia Fox, Oksana, and Rosa Mendez, um, I mean, they didn't really have much of a chance. You know, it's a bad team. It's not a great team. When you have someone... Rosa Mendez was someone that was there for so long and literally did nothing. She did nothing. She was there for a while. Literally, the only thing I remember about Rosa Mendez is the one time uh, she got her ass pulled out on TV. Oh, yeah. And that was... And like, they made it a Total Divas angle. Yeah, because she was on Total Divas later in the years, wasn't she? Um, she was on Total Divas right around the time I stopped watching. Yeah. Um, Oksana, I mean... She was on the original season. Oh, well, not the original. The, the third season of NXT. Yeah. Um, she married Goldust in that season. Mm. Of course um, she did. Yeah, of course. Who wouldn't want to marry Goldust? What a dreamboat. Um, but Oksana, again, not someone that really did a lot when she was there. Alicia Fox, she was... I think she's the longest tenured woman ever, isn't she? I think she was in the company for like 12 years. years. Yeah, 12 or 13 years. That's a long time for anybody, but 
especially a, a lady in the business, like in WWE at least. Um, she was the longest tenured one. She only recently just left. So Fox, but at that point, Fo Fox was only a one-time Divas champion in that time. She was just kind of there. And I don't mean, I liked Alicia Fox. I didn't really have a problem with Alicia Fox. I thought she was okay. The um, best Morgan Light suplex in the game. Yeah, she had a that oh oh and a great tilt to well backbreaker as well. That's um, correct. Summer Rae, I always liked Summer Rae, and again, just didn't really ever. I liked Summer a lot in NXT. I thought she was great in NXT, um, and then she was with Fandango, and then she was just she had that awful. Ooh, she was involved in that awful storyline with Ziggler and Lana and Rusev, and that was just. <laughs> That sounds that sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, does it? Does it sound a little familiar? Um, I wonder why. Then you had Tamina, who was with AJ and Caitlyn. Um, yeah, the team was what it was. Uh, again, rapid eliminations. There was an elimination from somebody. I I know Cameron was involved. I don't know if it was Cameron doing it or Cameron getting it. It was a literally elimination of someone getting thrown into the second turnbuckle. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, this is this is the one match I didn't go back and watch because I remember it pretty. I remembered it pretty well that I didn't like it. Had a lot of time put into it too with the story going on, which is a shame. It was just again rushed. Rushed is the word to describe. But Team Total Divas wins. Um, they even had a rematch uh, on Raw the next night, and Team Total Divas won again. Yeah, I, I guess this was just a way to ever wrestle. Total Divas um, got some W's because AJ had been kind of winning everything. So Yeah, I they were due for a win, and this is the perfect way for them to win without taking away from AJ. Mm -hmm. um, now, the next pay-per-view that we'll talk about is we're just kind of going pay-per-view to pay-per-view here because we'll, we'll talk about why in a minute. But December 15th, 2013 at TLC, it would be AJ and Natty. who AJ and Natty had been working on Main Event because you remember when Main Event was live on the network for a little while? Yeah, and they actually tried to, tried to make it, like, a big deal. Yeah, and they had title matches on there and stuff like that. And often, a lot of times, um, AJ would main event main event because there'd be title matches and she went with Natty. Tamina kept getting involved. Um, so they had a match at the pay-per-view. I thought it was it was fine. AJ, and, obviously, when Natty and AJ are involved in something, it'll be, it's always going to be okay. It's always going to be better than okay. I thought it was a good little match. It got Natty on the card. It got AJ to retain. Um, what do you think about this? Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was one of the better matches of the run that AJ had. I thought it was, you know, two technically sound workers just mm -hmm. going at it. And looking at the match times, again, like you, could, you could say this match should have went longer, but I think it was fine for what it was. It was longer than a couple matches on the card with the men which is a good sign for comparison. Yeah. Obviously, they had, they, had a do they had to dedicate a lot of time to Orton and Cena that night because everyone loves to see Orton and Cena. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, uh... Hey, AJ got the win, and this is when things get a little bit like, eh. Because going into 2014, AJ was the then longest reigning Divas champion. She would boast about yeah. that. It seemed as if, like, Naomi was getting kind of pushed towards the title, but then Naomi got injured, something with her eye. Um, yeah, Naomi never got a shot at the belt. And then... That fatal four-way. Yeah, and then... Um, 
AJ didn't even defend the title at the Royal Rumble pay-per-view. There was no women's matches on that Royal Rumble pay-per-view. No, it was the first time since she won the title that she wasn't on the card. And it's weird because usually at the Rumble, they always put a Divas match on because they had so many you know men working in the Rumble that they needed something to fill the card. And that's yeah. awful, but they always did have some kind of match with the girls, which is something I would have expected at that time. Now, Royal Rumble 2014 was a very interesting Rumble. Um, a lot of stuff went down with the actual Rumble match itself. A lot of animosity. Brian was red hot going into this Rumble, and, you know, it was just an interesting Royal Rumble pay-per-view. But no AJ. No nothing, no AJ Lee sighting, no nothing like that. Again, the stuff with Naomi was going on, so maybe they were going to have Naomi and AJ at that pay-per-view. I don't know, but then Naomi got hurt. Um, a bit weird, though, that they didn't just... You could have had AJ and Nikki. Like, they hadn't worked at this point, like, on pay-per-view. Um, so it was it was different, but whatever it may be. And um, we go on to February 23rd, 2014, so we're jumping a little bit ahead just because of a lot of nothing. Um, AJ versus Cameron. Mm. Now, Cameron, Cameron was not great. (laughs) Uh, Especially face Cameron, like a heel Cameron. I could, I could go, okay, at least, you know, you're a heel and you know, whatever, but face dancing Funkadactyl Cameron fighting for her injured friend. Oh man. Um, not a good match. No, this is when I when I think you picked up on it when I said that not all the matches in this run. Were I good. knew what you were talking about. I was like, mm, this is what I was talking about. The ending was odd. It was like a disqualification by Tamina because Cameron nearly fucking won at some stage. She was getting a lot of momentum. It was weird. So the DQ happened. AJ got to keep her championship because of the DQ. Um. So, what do you do when you have one bad match? You have a rematch. (laughs) March 1st, 2014. You double down. Uh, AJ retained over uh, Cameron this time. And it was decisive this time. There was no... There was no uh, leaving room to open with Cameron. She won. (laughs) Tap out. Divas Championship retained. At this point, AJ was like desperate for new challenges. Like desperate. Especially leading into Mania, I didn't really know what was going on because they had built one story with the with the Total Diva stuff. I'm like, what the fuck's going to happen? But then, March 24th, 2014 on Raw, um, we had there was a lot of stuff going in throughout the years of AJ's career. AJ and Vicky Guerrero, and they had a lot Another, of back and forth in, in the same vein as Stephanie McMahon. Even if they were both heels, never got along. No. Never got along. Or ever since the original, the third season of NXT, they had just never gotten along. And Vicky Guerrero come out. She was the like the acting general manager of Raw or something at this point. I, I'm not really yeah, sure. Mathematics were doing shit. Yeah, and like, but even though the authority were there, so they technically they were just the authority's bitches, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but she come out and she said that you know. At WrestleMania 30, we're going to have the Vicky Guerrero Invitational. And AJ would be defending against the entire Divas division. Um, The rules of the match at that point were undisclosed. I remember this happening and being like, is this going to be like a battle royal? Is this going to be like some form of like 
free-for-all is this going to be? What the fuck is this match going to be? Because there was 14 women. 14 yeah. women. That's all. That's it, was, it, was a, it was a fuster cluck if there ever was one. Mm. So, um, <laughs> WrestleMania 30, April 6, 2013. We've come a year. And to look where AJ was at the start at WrestleMania 29, a manager to going into the one and only defense of the Divas Championship at WrestleMania. It was the only time it was ever defended. AJ Lee's first wrestling match at a WrestleMania. And it is a technically a fatal 14-way. First pinfall wins. Now, okay. I have a probably unpopular opinion about this match. Okay, so what just transpired before this match was the end of the streak. Um, a, a moment that every wrestling fan will never, ever forget. I remember watching that and being like, holy fucking shit, the streak is over. And the the life out of that building just it was gone. It was just sucked yeah, away. Th- this Divas match was screwed because of that. Any match could have been screwed. I'm yes. pretty certain anything you put on... It was going to have an effect on it. Yeah, I mean, there was no way any no way that, any match was going to succeed in that spot. It sucks that the divas got stuck there, but I'm not really surprised. I mean, no, at that point, at we're still very far away from the the we, women's you know evolution, and we are still getting the main, event, the main event of the pay per view was Brian, Batista, and Orton. It took the crowd a little bit to get back. Yeah. It wasn't like, they were hot, of course, it was Brian, they love Brian, but it took them a fair while to get back into that match to be like, okay, we're loud, we're ready, we've got our, we've got our senses back, because it's The Undertaker, arguably the greatest character in the history of wrestling, arguably the greatest um, superstar in the history of the company. There's so many arguments to, to make that he's the best. Um... You have his streak end, which is something that I never thought would happen, honestly. Especially at that night. Um, looking at it now, you're like, why wouldn't Brock win? But I am still on... I, I don't know if I'm on the team of... The, that's a discussion for another day is like if the streak should have ended. But you put anyone on after that and it's going to be affected. Now, I am looking at this match... Purely from a match standpoint. I'm not thinking about anything else. Going back and watching this match. I honestly did not think for what they were given. It was a cluster. Don't get me wrong. It was a lot of bodies in there. And when it's first pin four wins, it's going to be a cluster. But I think, given with what they were given, it was alright. And I don't think a lot of people think that match was very good. But I actually <laughs> no, think it was very good. I thought it was okay. There were spots in there that you didn't really see from... Like, suicide dives from Bree and Nikki, you don't really see that a lot. They would, there would be no way in hell, I'm not a professional wrestler by any sense of the word, but I would imagine I, that that match would be very hard to put together. How do you put together a 14-way first pinfall wins kind of deal? How is that even fair. believable? And it's fair. Do what it's they fair did. point. There was a lot of, they kept, they kept the match fast. There was a lot of stuff going on in the crowd, especially at the start. There was chance of no one cares. There was chance of... There was just there was just like a deafening silence for a little while. But by the end of that match, they were cheering for AJ Lee. Therefore, you said it at the start. You said it in that payback match. If they're cheering, that means they've done a good job. I did. I did say that. 
So therefore, in this match, they got them back because there was a few spots in the match, like a super kick from Tamina and the crowd. In all sense of the words, I understand it wasn't very big, but from what just happened, they reacted. And there were, there were some people still going, okay, this match is picking up a little bit. The Black Widow with the odd ending because it was like a tap out from Naomi, but then also AJ was tapping her other hand. Really yeah, that, and I, I still don't they, understand they why that happened. Like Naomi wasn't actually tapping out. I think were they built? Was there a plan maybe for Naomi to be? I don't know, but I don't know what the maybe the plan wasn't in place because obviously stuff happened the night after. Um, after two hundred and ninety-five days of being the Divas champion, AJ of course did lose to Paige, um, which really was the ushering of that new kind of yeah. Deal. Yeah, that's where it started, really, was that. And AJ it sucks because you look at AJ now as sort of a footnote because you, you look at the era as having started. is kind of a footnote, though. A lot of people look Page, at Paige. Page and AJ are in the same boat because they also had that long, really good feud yeah. after the fact. And then, and then the horsewoman came in. Yeah. And Paige got hurt um, and everything like that. But this... What a progression... Mania to Mania for AJ. She went from being a manager in a losing effort, I will add, to being the winner of the first and only Divas Championship defense at WrestleMania and the first and only Fatal 14-way match maybe ever. Hopefully she, ever. She, she beat 13 other women. Yeah, and, that, and, that, and that's why it made so much sense for her to lose the belt to Paige because Paige was a new, fresh face. And it was a cool a moment. AJ, that run, moment AJ was... had run through the same three or four people, then the same 14 people so many times that it had to be someone new that took the belt off her. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's pretty crazy when you actually look at the list of people in that fatal 14-way match. Naomi, Nikki Bella, Brie Bella, Natalia, Cam Cameron, Tamina, Eva Marie, Rosa Mendez, Summer Rae, Alicia Fox, Oksana, Layla, and Emma. Um, Emma. Emma was great. Emma was great. I liked I liked all versions of Emma. Dancing Emma, Evil Emma. Evil Emma was so good. She was just riddled with injuries and I, it sucks that she never really I understand she's doing stuff now to Neil Dashwood, of course. Um she's she's doing stuff now at Impact and she was at All Out, wasn't she? I believe she was. Yeah. Um it sucks that she never really, because I feel like by the time of her ending, she was kind of getting some steam. But um, yeah, it was a it was a lot of women, and AJ kind of beat them all. Paige was the perfect kind of person, and what a moment that was! By the way, the night after that WrestleMania was very good. The crowd and they were very much ready for Paige because she she looked like change. She 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 fit the part of change and she was doing a lot in nxt and that was really the start of like the nxt women in nxt shining i mean that was just after Paige and emma had a wonderful match at arrival and then we had charlotte and natty and everything that progressed and and Paige and aj were really waving that flag on the uh on the uh main roster and they were doing a lot yep. of cool stuff. Then you had stuff with Nikki and Brie, and then they kind of merged together, and then Nikki kind of took over, and that was really the transition between the Divas era and what we see now, was Nikki Bella. 
Yeah, and I, I, I've said this on the show before, but I look at those four women, Paige, AJ, Nikki, and Brie, as the bridge between the eras, the bridge between yep. the Divas era and the Women's Revolution era. Yeah, I agree with you completely. I believe from the time that AJ and Caitlin started their program all the way up until the horsewomen, um, I was going to say something really horrible then, um, the horsewomen coming to uh, WWE, like the main roster, was really that that transitional time and then we, we are where we are now but it's because of years like this that AJ Lee had that Paige had that Nikki Bella had that Brie Bella had is why we're we are where we are today because going back and watching these matches it's like I really appreciate now not that these matches were bad it was just that there's so, the, the importance level is so much higher now and the time and the investment I mean would you say when you're going through and watching, even in the time of 2013, watching through AJ's stuff, you're like, yeah, she's really cool and she's great, but a woman will never be head of a company. I mean, it's 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 arguable, but Becky Lynch is the face of the company at the moment. Yeah, and I never thought I'd see it. You never I never thought. thought AJ like, being as good as she was, I never thought I'd see it. WrestleMania main eventers. It's never like thought I'd crazy. see it. crazy. You went from matches at WrestleMania 30... These, like, matches where it's just a cluster to legitimately having three matches at WrestleMania this year. And go back even further to WrestleMania 29, there was no women's match on the card at all. They got canned. They got fucking taken off. It wasn't even a Divas title match. It was, like, an eight-person tag match. Caitlyn wasn't even defending the Divas championship at that Mania. It's crazy to think where we've come in this time, but it's because of women like AJ Lee, because of years they had like this, like you go back and I'm just looking at this on paper and it's like, AJ had a fucking awesome year and she had another great year. We could do another Mania to Mania from Mania 30 to Mania 31 on AJ or on Paige. And you would see the year is just progressingly getting better for the women. Yes. Like oh yeah. Down from here, the year for her. Obviously she wasn't champion for the whole time. But she had great another great two feuds with with Paige and with Nikki Bella. Yeah, that led to that awesome WrestleMania 31 tag match. Yeah, and Nikki had a great like a, a great moment at SummerSlam turning on Brie, and there was simultaneously two really good women's feuds going on at one time, which is something then that you would never see. You never seen two women, let alone one women's storyline happening. So transitional, a very progressive year. Yeah, definitely, and I'm I'm so proud of the, of the women for all they've done, and for how they they were able to transition seamlessly into a new era. Yeah, seamlessly into a new era, and just they're consistently the best part of the WWE product, in my opinion. Now they really are. Um, but what a what a what a cool trip down memory lane, going down, and again an unsung hero of the of the divas division and an unsung hero of the women's evolution is AJ Lee. It was fun going back and, and looking at AJ's career, well, even just a year in AJ's career, because it brought back a lot of, like, memories and a lot of, like, oh, AJ was actually really fucking great. I really, yeah, really it, was, it was great to watch her matches because I've gained a newfound appreciation for her because I... I mean, it's, it's six years ago now, so it's not like it's relative, it's not like it's that recent... But she put on one hell of a match, and for that, you know, I said I'll forever be indebted to her for carrying the torch and getting us through 
some hard times mm-hmm. and getting us through the getting us to the good times. Yeah. I agree with you completely. Um, well, that'll do us for this week's episode of Mania to Mania Wrestling Reverb. Of course, um, we'll be back next week. Um, TLC is coming up very soon, so I'm, I'm sure we'll have something to say about that. Um, and then it'll be Christmas, end of the year. It'll be all of that kind of good, cool stuff. But please continue to rate this podcast five stars on iTunes. Give us a follow on Twitter. You know where to find all that stuff. It's all in the description below. Sub on YouTube, likes on YouTube, and a, a, a retweet on Twitter. Uh, whatever you do, you'll find us wherever you need to find us. Um, keep, we thank you for all of your support and all of that kind of stuff. And uh, Kevin, anything else you want to add? Just want to plug my new website. Oh, yes. Oh, I forgot. I genuinely had that on my brain before. I'm like, I'm going to give Kevin a nice little segue into his website. But um, go, go ahead. So... I've re- uh, not rebranded, but I- I've designed a brand new website called The Daily Chinlock. It is a blog for everyone. Um, that all all writers, non-writers are welcome, and that- that's actually what I want to focus on. I want this to be a place where non-writers could have a place to write. I know not everyone enjoys writing, but I always found it a very cathartic and therapeutic experience. I'm hoping others would find the same way. It's open to anybody. Uh, all you have to do is DM me or tweet at me and I'll send you a link. You're free to post whenever you want about whatever you want for any reason you want. And it's just going to be, it's a good time. I've already like five or six writers on board and I'm looking to keep growing. I want to have a huge stable of writers. And I know I want all my, all my good friends on Twitter to write along as well. So I'll be, I'll be uh, holding you all to that. Anyone who Anyone out there who's listening and considers me a Twitter friend, you better get writing. Yes, yes. Everyone, please do so. It, it is a... It's good that you're doing this again because I think you had a lot of um, steam with that... With the Brain Buster OP stuff and then all of that happened. Um, so- yeah, I. this is what I wanted to... I wanted to be like Brain Buster OP because that was such a good idea. And that was like my baby. That was my brain. That was like my my little pet project. And I thought we were doing so well with it. Not obviously everything went to shit, but I want to I want to recapture that lighting in a bottle. Yeah, and I think you can, and I think you will. So make sure everyone goes, and I'll link it in the description below um, to wherever you're listening, or if you're um, listening on YouTube, I'll put it all in the description that you need to see, so you can. Head on over there and read some stuff. Um, But until next week, we will see you next time on Wrestling Reverb. Peace out.